Welcome to the Follow Me Podcast. I'm Allie Grant, the founder of Be Social. Each week, we're inviting influencers, entrepreneurs, and the digitally savvy to share their social media story. We're going to break down how they've grown a business through their social footprint. Join us by following along on their journey. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Follow Me. I have Natalie Bacon here. Say hi. Hi. I'm back, everybody. Hope you are excited to hear from me again. We are. We really are. And I'm so thankful for you. So, okay. Um, today's guest, you're like a super fan of her, right? Uh, yes. I love her so much. I actually just put on my Summer Fridays lip balm prior to this. Mm. I feel like we have some rain coming in soon. And I think so. <laughs> and that means you need lip balm? Yeah. I thought it was so dry and just like chapped from this weather that I always need to put on my lip balm. And that's one of my new favorite products from them. I like love their oh, I've not tried it yet. I am a big fan of their jet lag mask. Yeah. Um, Another all their masks for me. And then didn't they just launch something else? They just did. It's like their dewy something pink. It's cute. But I don't have mm. that one yet. So I guess I'll have to go get that one too. But okay. I love all their stuff. So. <laughs> for their future game that we have coming. So you can just get your face all moisturized. Yeah. Um, all right. So what did you see on the internet? Okay. So what I saw on the internet this week might be a little bit controversial, but I decided oh. to go with it. Okay. Um, Olivia Jade made her debut back onto YouTube. I'm not sure if you saw. Oh. No, I didn't. What it, What was it about? She just did a vlog because um, she felt that was the best way to, you know, come back to the platform. Yeah. But I watched it, you know, I thought it was really interesting. So she's coming mm-hmm. back. She did her Red Table talk, which I'm not sure if you saw that. I didn't. Um, Are you a big fan of her? I take it. You know, I really enjoyed her content prior to everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of curious to see, you know, what would happen if she did come back. So it was more watching from a observational standpoint, you know, to kind of see, yeah, <laughs> see what she did with it. Um, I'm curious, you know, to see where she goes from here and if brands, you know, kind of start working with her again or what that landscape looks like, but you know, yeah. Do we know if anyone's representing her? I don't know. I don't think so. As long as far as I'm in touch, but you know, okay. you never know. So yeah, interesting. Okay, I'll take a look yeah. at that. I feel like she was really good content creator, right? Like both on her YouTube and her social, and I think she stopped for almost more than a year, two years. Yeah, she's like us. You know, we stopped with our podcast, but now yeah. she's back. <laughs> and now we're back. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, definitely really interesting. So keep an eye on and see where it goes. Yeah. All right. So mine is Amanda Gorman and Mm -hmm. that is all. I am so intrigued by her. Like she's so interesting to me and I started following her on Instagram and I've like now stalked everything she's ever done. She's just so cool. I want to be her. And it was also really interesting to see. Um, I noticed when they announced that she was going to be um, doing, or she was the poet for the inauguration, um, she had like maybe 100,000 followers, I think, if that. No way. And now she's got millions. So that's uh, so crazy. The power. Yeah. Social. I know. Exactly. But- and just like the power of going viral and like people like reposting her speech and, 
um, all of that. So yeah, she is, I just am excited to see where her career takes her. So Mm -hmm. I feel like she's mine watch now too, for sure. I know. Um, all right. Well, today's guest is Lauren Gores, Ireland. I'm super excited. She has such a fancy name. Um, I love following her on Instagram, her blog and her business. So I think this will be a really good episode. Um, so I'll get into her bio now. Lauren Gores Ireland is an entrepreneur and social media star who runs the beauty, motherhood, and lifestyle blog, You and Lou. She is also the co-founder of Summer Fridays and a mom of two, and I am so excited to have her on the podcast today. Let's get into it. Hi, Lauren. I'm so excited you're joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yay. Um, Okay, so we start every episode the same. Uh, first question is, do you know what your first Instagram post was ever? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to really that. I think it was a picture of me and my now husband, but I, we were, I don't even know if we were married then yet when I posted my yeah. first, we've been married all the time. I think it's your husband. I can't really tell. Um, I'm afraid <laughs> heavy edit on it. Um, but yeah, it's from December, 2012. And it's like, you're at like a holiday party or something like that. Okay. So we were not married then yet. That would, we were, we were engaged at that point. Yep. Exactly. How we do those heavy filters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that's literally the comment from everyone's like, Ooh, <laughs> filter and like all the crazy stuff. <laughs> Um, okay, so take us back to December 2012. Like, what were you doing in life? What was work? Were you in school? Give us the bottom I love this question. Okay, so December 2012, I I was working as a news anchor at the time, which was my first career. And I was working for a company called Newsy, which is now... Uh, it's now a script-owned company. At the time, it was this new startup. And I was doing broadcast work for them. I just moved to LA earlier that year where my family lives in LA. So I'd come to be with them. I had been living in Missouri earlier in the year um, where I was anchoring for a local ABC station. And I was preparing to get married. I got married that spring in May. So I think Mm -hmm. I was probably like knee deep in in wedding planning at that point. but I definitely did not foresee anything that would follow in the coming years. I mean, I was I yeah. blogging then. I didn't have a website. I definitely was not doing Instagram as, <laughs> in as a proper way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, Summer Fridays came far after that. So yeah. that's so funny. I also like I didn't really get into it in like a real way, but like I really wanted to be a news broadcaster. Like that was my goal. Really. Uh, like, was it Erin Andrews? Like, I was just like, so I thought like her career was so cool. But I think that's sort of telling in terms of like the career we're now in that it's obviously like broadcast journalism is a form of media, right? And oh. so it's blogging and influencing. So it's just like the new age media. So that makes total sense. So you did, you, is that what you studied in school? It is. I studied journalism at Indiana University and then went and I, I moved to Missouri honestly because it was where, you know, right after I graduated, I, I'd applied to a lot of different small town stations because I, I wanted to start. If you want to start on camera, you have to kind of go to 
the middle of the country. <laughs> and um, so I, I had, I was, had a job offer there. So I went, I'd never been to the state of Missouri, but I went there um, and actually really, really wound up loving that period of my life. I made really amazing friends. It was like this kind of fun challenge to live in a place that wasn't this, you know, like big city kind of fun life right after college, but it was, it yeah. was a challenge in its own way. And it, and it was actually a really special time, um, in my life, like a lot of growth, a lot of just in, individual and personal growth during that time. And, you know, when it's your first job, you're also just going through, you know, a lot of changes and transitions. So I'm grateful for that time period, but that's where I ended up right after school. And then you moved back to LA, which you grew up in LA, correct? Yeah, I actually grew up in Michigan, but Oh, kind of between both. So I grew, I went to, I went, did all of, you know, my schooling in Michigan and I was raised in Michigan with my mom and my siblings. My dad has actually always lived in California since I was really quite young. And so I would kind of split my time. I would come to to California usually for summers and Mm -hmm. then holidays. But the, the majority of my upbringing was actually in Michigan. Okay, that makes sense. You're like a Midwest girl and like you're sweet and down to earth. <laughs> Midwest people are good people. <laughs> My mom's from Wisconsin, so she like always says that. Like she calls me this like California brat because I like <laughs> California and she's like, the good ones are made in the Midwest. Like, the Midwest people are very nice. You Sometimes I go back and I, I almost forget how kind everyone is and they're so attentive and they genuinely care that sometimes you they're so nice that you wonder if something is wrong (laughs) is is this is it real and like not treated like people are in California (laughs) (laughs) but it's just how they are um so at what point did you create you and Lou your blog my blog yeah so that um I mean honestly that was never really intended to become anything either because I had started it really with the intention of wanting to get new kinds of broadcast jobs at the time. Mm-hmm. I had I just moved to LA when I was doing broadcast work previously. I, I did a lot of news and I was doing a lot of hard news and like local politics and crime and a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. I had started with. And when I moved to LA, I mean, LA is definitely more, there, there's a lot more opportunities for lifestyle type content, but I didn't have a lot of experience in that. So I thought, I'll start this website simultaneously. And I kind of, it was almost like a mix of like some diary style type entries, mm-hmm. like life advice, and um, then kind of slowly over time turned into more of a lifestyle heavy space. Like I was sharing a lot of DIYs and mm-hmm. like crazy recipes and style hacks and things like that. Um, and was just honestly a hobby for a while. And I was going to use that as sort of this means of when I would go out and try to find other work that I could say like, yeah. Oh, this is experience that I have in, in the lifestyle space. Wow. Interestingly, ever, around that same time, which was like 2014 ish mm-hmm. around then 2014, 2015 ish around that same time, everything was, was shifting. So like the whole broadcast industry was really shifting. Blogging was starting to really take off in a more Mm -hmm. serious way. I will say when I said I had a blog, people for a long time, for years, people would kind of roll their eyes and a lot of people just would not understand what it was. They, uh, I mean, I got a lot of flack for like, give like, quote, giving up on this broadcast career that I had. Um, And I remember almost feeling like a little bit 
kind of embarrassed when I would say that I had shifted because what I ended up doing over time was shit was I had left broadcasting altogether and just shifted to um, blogging full time and really wanted to give that a shot. And I remember when I was was explaining to people what I was doing, just like what? (laughs) So much confusion. I mean, you know, things like you're never going to be able to build a real career out of that or be able to like create anything long-term. And this just seems like so silly. And why are you taking so many pictures of yourself? (laughs) You know, so, So, and I have to say like that, you know, when you hear it enough times, as much as you want to say, Oh, I don't care. And I just, I'm going to do what I want. You you know, you know, if someone tells you something enough times, you do start to question it and you, Mm -hmm. and it, it, it impacts your confidence and you start to feel like maybe, this isn't the right thing. And then I also went through a phase two where I didn't have, you know, some, some people who've been blogging for a long time and some of the really early, early bloggers had relatively, uh, you know, pretty quick success. Like it, you know, some of, some of my close friends now in the industry, um, and really had some amazing success in the beginning and were very clear on what they wanted. And I sort of had an opposite story. I kind of felt like it actually took me a few years to really kind of figure out like what my, what my thing was, what I really enjoyed in that space the most and what I wanted to share with people and the content I wanted to create. And so it took some time. And so I think too, when something takes time, you, you especially can question yourself if people are not overly supportive. So I'm, I am grateful that I stuck with it. And I'm also grateful that the, the three people like my husband and and my parents, the three people at, you know, at that stage of life who really I was closest to all, they were always very supportive of it. So I think as though, you know, they were so you, you know, like try, give it, give anything a shot, give it a try. We'll see where it goes. That really helped. But, you know, in terms of a lot of other like friends, family, acquaintances, it was, <laughs> it was definitely a journey. Yeah. I could believe it was I real. Totally that. I felt that sort of the same, um, venturing out on my own. Was there like a it moment where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this on my own now. I'm going to try blogging full time. Is there like a specific thing that made you want to do that? You know, and, and no, to be honest, there was not there wasn't a single moment of it. It was, it was a very natural transition where I felt like, uh, I was, I, I do, re- I do remember actually there was sort of a, a personal moment of sitting in my, on the floor of my bathroom, <laughs> my house at the time. And, um, after shedding, you know, some quarter life crisis tears, mm-hmm. and I rem- I do remember in that moment, telling myself that I needed to give it, I needed to give it a shot and that I didn't know where it would go, mm-hmm. but that I I knew I really, really loved it. And I was loving it more than I was loving my day-to-day work mm-hmm. that I was doing my day, my sort of everyday job. And I knew that if I focused more on the writing and the content creation, really focused on that, that it could, I knew it could become better and that I could improve at it, but I, it was difficult to do both fully. And I, I remember like in that moment, kind of saying, okay, I'm going to, you know, like, here's my plan. And then I'm going to go full time with it. Um, but like I said, it, it wasn't super immediate that I that I kind of found my groove in it. I was trying mm-hmm. a lot of different things in the beginning and trying to figure out what I really loved. Um, mm-hmm. It took a little bit of time. And did it take a while to start monetizing and start making money from it? It did. Once I, once I had really nailed down like what I really wanted to share... Mm-hmm. It, then I was able to start monetizing. When I was kind of experimenting with a lot of different things, I was able to like monetize a bit, but not in the not in the way that I had wanted to. Um, 
so, but once I had kind of really sort of figured out this like groove of what I really loved sharing, I like, I really loved sharing wellness and clean beauty. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then that eventually turned into, I had also, I had, I had my son in 2017, um, Mm -hmm. and had really turned into also a lot of like motherhood content and self care. And so, and that it would, that was so true and so personal to who, who I was, who I am now. Um, and that's really when I was able to start monetizing. And I know everyone says like, obviously do what you're most passionate about, what you're most authentic in. But sometimes that sounds really easy, but it can actually take a little bit of time, I think, to figure out how to authentically share yourself through a screen in a way that you maybe were not used to doing. So I think sometimes like also allowing yourself like that room and that space to try things mm-hmm. and figure out like in what ways can you most authentically share your message and and what you want, you know, what you want to help others with. Yeah, I love that. And then so not quickly after, I imagine a few years in, you signed with a management company. You're with DBA, right? Yes, I'm with DBA. I love DBA. Yes, I love their team too. Um, we work with them a lot on our brand side of the business. Um, so tell, I guess, people listening, like, what does it mean to sign with a management company? And like, how did they help, you know, take your blog to the next level? Yeah, that was a really big moment for sure. When I signed with them, it, it really honestly changed the trajectory of my career, especially when it came to working with brands and collaborating with different brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big moment that I signed with. I didn't sign with them until t- uh, 2018. Okay. So um, so I had had my blog and I'd been, I had been doing Instagram and all of that for, um, for a while before I signed with them. And I'd actually, at that point, we'd also started Summer Fridays by that point. And I was, I was working with brands, but not to the extent and not to the level that I think I was, I had the potential to do. And they really, uh, I mean, they've, I mean, DBA has just been such an integral part of really um, just guiding mm-hmm. me through a lot of those different brand deals. Uh, it also takes the the negotiating out of your hands, which I actually think is great because then that that sort of end of it becomes more of a business decision and you're really in mm-hmm. charge of creating the content and the sentiment. And I think sometimes, especially when you don't have management, there's so much back and forth that happens that by the time you get to creating the content, you almost don't even feel anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whereas when I don't have to handle that part, there's such a such an emotion, such a sentiment more that's tied to that content that I'm creating mm-hmm. with the brand. So I'm also very appreciative of it for it for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. And how much is like your day spent on like your personal influencing and like working on like brand endorsements now? Uh, so I'm like in terms of when I'm doing a collaboration versus kind of just sharing things organically. Or just versus like, I guess, Summer Fridays, which we'll get into. Oh, oh, got it. Um, I would say, well, now it's been such a weird time because we're, I, we were used to traveling so much for Summer Fridays. Yeah. That like prior to all of this happening, I would, I would have said it's, it's much, it was much more Summer Fridays heavy. And mm-hmm. then as we sort of transitioned into this new time, we also expanded our team dur- during that same time. Um, and so our, now we have an, a really amazing team on Summer Fridays. And so I actually the amount of time spent on, on the day-to-day work is much less than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, w- I would say probably like, I would say it's pretty split right now, probably 50-50 of things that are Summer Fridays focused. So whether it's thinking of product ideas or, you know, development meetings or creating content, um, 
around summer Fridays. And then I would say the other half is spent between like just personal things that I either want to share or create and collaborations. Okay, cool. Awesome. And then let's talk about summer Fridays, which I'm so Um, So take us back to like day one, like how did this come to life? So day one, uh, Mariana Hewitt and I, Mariana Hewitt's been one of my best friends for a very long time. We've known each other for over a decade at this point. And um, we had, we'd kind of for, uh, for many years had kind of talked about the potential of doing something together, but we didn't know exactly what. And we had kind of thrown around like a handful of different ideas in the, the months prior to this. And it just, nothing felt exactly like it was it, like it was right. Mm-hmm. And we went to coffee one day and we started, we were just kind of against talking about all these different ideas that we had. And the idea of, of clean skincare came up and she at the time, Ariane at the time was, was really big in the beauty blogging space and was working with a number of different brands. I, at the time was newly pregnant. I was like seven or eight weeks pregnant, I think with, um, with my now three-year-old son, but I was early pregnant. I was talking, I was complaining about all the stuff I had to throw out and like not really, really resonating with a, a clean beauty brand that was like effective, plus had a story that I really connected with. And, you know, we were kind of just talking out loud. And she also knew so much, so much about the beauty industry specifically. And so this idea of clean beauty came up of potentially creating a line of products. We At this time, we had no idea what that would look like. I mean, our, our very first sort of thought when we were sitting there was more mask centric, um, which is why it, the first three products that Summer Fridays came out with were all masks. Um, mm-hmm. Our jet lag mask was our first product. And then we launched two ma- two more masks after that. And then now have obviously expanded the line. But at the time, initially, we had only really sort of in a, in a smaller way thought of these first couple of products. And then honestly, the next day, we just started making phone calls. And I think sometimes that always surprises people when they hear about the story of how it came to be, but there's so many ideas. I think we all come up with these ideas, but then ideas, you know, sometimes they go places, sometimes they don't, but any idea for it to become a real thing, you have to take real actionable steps to create it. And so the idea is only the first part. And then you have to do real things that follow to create that dream. And sometimes it becomes something very real and other times it doesn't depending on how those next steps go and and what you learn along the way. And so quite literally that next day we started cold calling labs. We started emailing out to different friends and family members who we thought may know someone who knows someone who could help us Mm -hmm. with a product. And, (laughs) you know, it just started that way. And then it was really over... I would say like the, the coming weeks to coming months that we found uh, a lab that we really, that was kind of the biggest first step was finding a lab. And we were able to explain some products that we wanted to, to start trying to create. And we created them with him, one of them being the jet lag mask. And that yeah. was one of a handful of products that we experimented with. But I think also as surprises people is start do that part of it was also not significantly costly. Mm-hmm. So do to to work with a lab and, and to create something and just and see if you like it and to try formulating is not crazy expensive and something that's very realistic for you know to do and then it's it's more the steps that follow that that become bigger but we for like a you know for several months we're, we're kind of we were playing around with different products and formulations and tweaking and perfecting and and that's really kind of how it started 
Oh my gosh, that's so great. I mean, that's such a good point though. I feel like people are always like ideating or thinking and then just never really pull the trigger and never, you just have to go and do. I always say like the best thing is just learn by doing. And it's yeah. like you just literally picked up the phone and started calling people. And then, so how much longer after that was like, there actually a jet lag mask in its blue container in your hands? Oh, well, before it was, it was a while before it was in our blue aluminum tube because that, that took a long time. It was, it was about almost two years later that we launched. So it, it was still quite a long process. The, the, the mask itself, the product itself took about a year, a little less than a year. Cause I remember I had a sample of it when I was giving birth at the hospital. <laughs> I remember I had a sample of it in this yeah. jar and it wasn't final, final, but we were working on it then. And that was about, you know, what, about nine months later after our first conversation. But, um, it was then we then launched in, in the spring of 2018. So it was, it was almost a, a full two years from sort of that very first idea to when we actually launched. And that was, you know, in part because it, there were kind of a lot of steps that happened along the way in terms of trying to find the packaging. We ended up, um, we worked with a, a really great branding agency who had helped with things like colors and the naming and all of that. And then um, finding that, finding that aluminum tube was actually, I, I would say the longest part of our process before launching. It was really difficult to find and to, to nail down, surprisingly. <laughs> you knew you wanted like interesting, unique packaging, I imagine. Yes. We had this a very specific dream for an aluminum tube and it mm. really had not been done, at least not very often, um, and not really in skincare. Uh, yeah. And so... We just we had a really specific vision and dream for it. We'd already picked out that specific color and and all of that. We just we really didn't want to settle. And we people, I mean, they, you know, they they definitely argued with us on it. You know, it's people that were helping us on the project because it was really difficult yeah. um, for us to find and to also make it compatible with ingredients and it has to go through a lot of testing. And so it was it took a lot of time, but it was well worth it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like it's like the iconic piece, right? Like everyone now thinks of that blue tube um, and they think of Summer Fridays. So exactly. I think it worked. Um, so how quickly after were you in Sephora and like literally in every publication ever? Like, <laughs> you know, It was a pretty incredible start. We, uh, we decided to work with so initially, I'll kind of take you back a few months prior to launch time. We we didn't know for certain that we were going to work with Sephora. It was definitely our dream. And I will say it was something that we discussed pretty early on into the process and, and really went into a lot of our design and sort of inspiration when we were creating the product. And we kind of thought to ourselves, we, we don't know if we'll be able to start with Sephora, but we want to build a product and a brand that is good enough to live on the shelves in Sephora. And I think that's really important to sort of in, in your mind to really manifest this dream. And even if it's not quite ready to come to fruition just yet, you're taking all of the steps so that you can eventually get there. Mm -hmm. And that was really our thought process when we were creating sort of everything about the brand. I mean, we would go up and down the, the shelves in Sephora, up and down the aisles and kind of look at what was there and how could we, you know, envision our product on the shelves and, so when we were making decisions on things like packaging and naming and how elevated we wanted the brand to feel, we we knew that we wanted it to be 
bigger than what we thought it might be in, in the very beginning. And then we had an opportunity to meet with Sephora in December. So we had launched in March. We met with them in December. And um, one of our friends, Jen Atkin, very generously introduced us. And we we had a phone call with them and we just kind of said, we're coming. We're coming. <laughs> I don't even know if they invited us. We, we have invited ourselves. And we said, well, we want to come. We want to show you in our presentation. Yeah. And they were just kind of like, okay. <laughs> so we got a flight, flew up to San Francisco and uh, had a meeting with a couple of people there. And we actually didn't even have final packaging at this time, but we had, we had the goop and we had a presentation and we were I remember the PowerPoint it was like not working at first and they were just about to walk in the room and we were like, you know, frantically yeah. trying to get it to work. But we, we presented to them and they, they said on that day that they wanted to carry it, which was this like, wow. huge, it was a huge moment. And so yeah. we sort of immediately went into operating like a, a very different business because now we were working with a huge company and we, had to obviously create more product and and all of that. But that was like a huge, um, just a huge sort of shift and change. And then that's why we ended up actually launching with Sephora. We we held on to, we kind of delayed the launch a bit so that we could launch with Sephora in March. Okay, perfect. And that was just with one product. That was with our Jetlag mask. Oh my gosh, that's so, that's so amazing. You've seen obviously so many other like founder-facing brands launch in Sephora, in the beauty. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, you guys were certainly at the forefront of that. And I, it's, it's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It was definitely an exciting, an exciting journey and a really, a really successful start, which we were just incredibly grateful for. And I think there were so many things that I, you know, kind of tied into that. And it's, I don't think there was like one sort of magical reason for things falling into place. I think it was a, it was a series of things and some of that is also is good timing. You know, at, at that time there were there were not a lot of influencer brands at at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think another really sort of big reasoning behind people being able to really take to the brand and kind of get to know that recognizable blue tube was that it was just one product. So, you know, launching with a single product was a big risk because you have to hope that people really love it. But then the reward can also be significant because then people are really focused on this one product that you're offering. It was easy for people to integrate it into their routines. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't launch another one until several months later, actually. So mm-hmm. it kind of lived as our sole product for a while. And you're seeing that model more and more. Um, I even yeah. feel like we talk to brands like because I talk to a lot of like new up and coming brands and they're like, yeah, we're launching with one product. I'll be like, okay, so like the summer Fridays model. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that like now it's it has a name. I love that it's like the summer Fridays model and it has a name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a marketing term now that we use. So <laughs> it is it's easier, I think, for people to kind of like wrap their heads around too. Cause you know how sometimes packages come in, there's so much yeah. in a box that you see or you go, you know, you're in Sephora and there's like so many different products that all launch at one time. And then it, it can be really overwhelming. I think on the other end to know, is that product right for me? Is it not right for me? Like, how do I integrate it in my routine? So that was the, yeah. the thought behind it. Well, take us to summer Fridays today. You have a team of how many and like, what's new? What are you excited about? 
we we have the most incredible team. Obviously, I'm biased because <laughs> they're our team, but I think they are the best team in the business. They're so hardworking and talented and creative and fun and kind. And I could go on and on and on. Um, but they, I, they're just truly the most incredible team. There's, I, oh gosh, I think like about 20 of us now. Wow. Um, we've been, I, I feel like even in, in the last several months, we've actually brought on quite a few people and it started now. I, let's see, we're almost this coming March will be three years. So we're, we're like two and a half years in. Um, and yeah, we just, I mean, it's, it's the most incredible team. And now we really have someone kind of in each sort of part of the business. We have a number of different products. Now we just launched, um, a product that's actually very personal to me called the baby moon belly balm. Wow. And this was something that was a, um, just a real, like kind of personal formulation product that I wanted to create out of my experience during my pregnancy. So Mm-hmm. We just launched that. We have a lot of really exciting launches coming up in 2021. And it's been a really, it's just been a really fun journey. I can't believe how we have this big team now. We'll do these Zooms. And I I mean, for the first year, it was like four of us, you know, and now, and then yeah. now two and a half years into it, it's like the full, the full screen is full of these amazing people. Oh, so yeah, so that. I'm really proud of. Oh, so I feel like you guys have so many more cool things that are going to come out. I feel like you did your APL collaboration, which was really cool. We did a really fun sneaker collaboration with APL. And we had shoes that were inspired by our jet lag mask and like this icy blue and then by our vitamin C serum um, and this really uh, fun coral. Oh my gosh. I am like, what is next? Like you guys are just not only like do you have an amazing product, but I feel like the marketing tactics that you put together and come up with are just so state of the art. Like it's just new, it's different, it's unique. So we're always know. trying to think of fun new ideas. I think it's obviously what, what's most core to our our business and who we are is you know it's it's products that work and that is yeah. and will always be at the tippy tippy top. And we also, but we also love to put a lot of emphasis on, on these really fun moments for our community that feel more unexpected. And I think the, the really amazing part from day one is that we've had a really close relationship with, you know, people who were purchasing the brand and sharing the brand and using it. And there's just been such a close it feels like this one-on-one relationship with everyone on the internet, but it makes creating some of those surprising moments just a lot more fun because it feels like you really know who we're creating it for, whether it's our tie-dye sweat sets or the APL shoes, or if it's a fun cake collaboration that we're doing. And everything is just more exciting when you feel like you really know your your community and, and the people around you who are, are going to be wearing it or purchasing it. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we are almost done, which is crazy. I feel like I learned so much from you um, in the short amount of time. But we just have a few rapid fire questions. Um, We'll go through those and then we'll be done. Um, So what three beauty products can you not live without? Ooh, do you want skin and hair? Yeah, that works. Okay. Uh, Well, our jet lag mask, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Our lip butter balm is also like, I cannot live without it. And then I would say dry shampoo is like mm-hmm. number three. I definitely need dry shampoo, especially in mama. use dry shampoo, but I think I need to. Yeah. I have a really dry hair, so I feel like it makes it so, like it makes it break. 
but I'm probably using the wrong kind. What kind do you use? Yeah, or if you have drier hair, you just may not be super oily, which is like, I just have more oily hair. So, yeah. you know, that could, that could be it. Okay. Um, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began Summer Fridays? Ooh, um, that it, it would be, it would be worth all of the hurdles and mm. it would be far better than what we anticipated Yeah, on our coffee shop date <laughs> than what we had envisioned, that it's re- really worth the uphill battle. Yeah. Um, what is, what was, or has been the biggest pinch me moment in regards to summer Fridays? When we sold out at Sephora less than two weeks after launching, that was a really, a really big pivotal moment for for us personally and for the brand. Yeah, that's. I mean, how many brands even do that? I don't know if they give you those. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, but it was. It felt like a very big deal. Yeah, no, it does. It is. <laughs> um, what quote do you live by? Love the process over the plan, and I think. This year, by the way, 2020 has been a great year to live by that quote. I think we all have plans, and it, and of course, it's good to it's it's good to to have these sort of dreams and kind of have a, a general idea of what you want and where you want to go. But I think when you really love the process of what you're doing, it allows for flexibility, it allows for joy, it allows for patience, and it allows for you to pivot much more easily than when you are only in love with the plan itself. Mm, I love that. Wow. That was so good. <laughs> um, wow. I'm inspired. Um, <laughs> um, tips for balancing work from home as a mom. Like I barely can do it and I'm not a mom. So any tips? <laughs> I, I think the, the biggest tip is to know that we can't do it <laughs> perfectly. Yeah. And I I think it's accepting the the imbalance of it. And once you can forgive yourself often and and know that some days mom life is going to require more of you and you may not be on your 100% A game at work and other times work requires more of you and you're not going to be, you know, a Pinterest super mom that day. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with that, that philosophy is incredibly helpful. Um, accepting help from the people around you and setting a schedule as, as much as you can. I think it's especially in, in kind of this time that we're in right now, that a schedule has been really, really key with um, my husband and I, whether it's like you and your partner working out a schedule or if there's a family member who helps or a babysitter, whoever it might be. Um, but really having that, that schedule of now is my time to really focus on work. And then when you're, you're, when you're not doing that, you're really focusing on, on your parenting and spending that quality time. Perfect. I love that. Well, Lauren, this was so good. Thank you so much. Um, where can everyone follow you? They can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Lauren Ireland is my handle. Perfect. Well, thank and then you. And at Summer Fridays. To oh, yes. And, <laughs> and her like brand that she has. Amazing. <laughs> well, amazing. Thank you so much. And we'll have a good time. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.